Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning and welcome to Wednesday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I am your host, Literally Heather. The European Union Commissioner for Values and Transparency spoke to Euronews next about Elon Musk's Twitter takeover in a viral social media post saying, so our message was clear. We have rules that have to be complied with. Otherwise, there will be sanctions. She went on to comment, I think that the confidence has been weakened and I had quite a high level of confidence when it came to Twitter. I have to say that we worked with knowledgeable people, lawyers, and sociologists who understood that they have to behave in some decent way and not cause significant harm to society. I always felt that this notion of responsibility was there. So this is what I personally don't feel from Elon Musk. In response to these statements, critics of of speech regulations argued that foreign entities have no right to demand censorship from private U.S. companies and called for free speech in the digital public square. They said that the term hate speech was too broad and encompassed all speech opposed by the European Union. In the event that you are new to my channel, I am a free speech absolutist. They say that those don't actually exist, but I assure you that we do. If the words can be formulated by your brain and subsequently be written, typed, or spoken, then I believe you have the right to do so without consequence. If you say you are a fascist piece of Euro trash, that's your opinion and you are free to express it. If you say, I hate that person, whoever that person is, so much, I hope they run into a bus. That is also your opinion and you are once again free to express it. Speech that is inconvenient, uncomfortable, rude, hateful, aggressive, all is free speech. Calls to action like fire in a crowded theater, still free speech. Europe couldn't handle me, I'm thinking. Uh, Vera Jarova, the EU vice president for values and transparency states, it's worrying to see a downward trend. In reviewing notifications related to illegal hate speech, by social media platforms, online hate speech is a scourge of the digital age, and platforms need to live up to their commitments, including by dedicating sufficient resources to make the online world safer for everyone. I'm sorry, but your safety is none of my business, none of my concern, and not my responsibility. If you want to be safe, don't get on the internet. Like, I mean, that's the truth. Don't use the internet if you feel unsafe. That's not my responsibility. This is even more important since the Code of Conduct supports the obligations laid down in the Digital Services Act. Continuing to deliver results under the code is to continue to fight against hate speech. The Digital Services Act was passed by the EU and it grants member countries the ability to regulate and fine digital platforms, including social media companies, for violations of a law passed by individuals 
U.S. citizens never voted for. However, Elon Musk has not indicated a willingness to comply with these regulations in the near future. These people act like the mute function and block feature don't exist. And then there's even the tried and true, oh, I don't agree with you, scroll. I just found this woman on Twitter and I'm going to have so much fun with her later today. Uh, Speaking of awful people in the EU, the European Union has recently permitted the sale of food products made from Acheta domesticus, also known as the house cricket, for consumption by European consumers. This new regulation allows food producers to sell partially defatted powder made from crickets on the EU market. The EU Commission has approved the application submitted by the Cricket One Company in 2019. This means that food manufacturers can now use cricket powder in the production of a wide range of products, including pizza, pasta dishes, nuts and seeds, snacks and sauces, meat preparations, soups, multigrain bread and rolls, crackers, breadsticks, cereal bars, dry mixes for baked goods, biscuits, processed potato products, legume and vegetable dishes, whey powder, maize flour-based snacks, beer-like beverages, and chocolate confectionery. Oh, hmm. I thought I got plain milk chocolate. I must have gotten a crunch bar. Holy bananas, y'all. The invasion of house crickets into European kitchens will not be a solitary endeavor. On January 6th, the EU Commission also gave the green light for the introduction of Alphitobius diaperinus larvae in frozen paste, dried, and powdered forms, commonly known as the lesser mealworm, to the consumer food market. Food products that contain insect ingredients must be properly labeled to inform consumers. Some experts have raised concerns that these items may trigger allergic reactions in individuals who are sensitive to crustaceans, mollusks, and dust mites. In addition to these two insect preparations, the European Union has already approved other insect-based food, such as dried mealworm and dried migratory locust powder. Furthermore, there are currently eight other applications for insect-based foods being evaluated by the EU. Some people have raised alarm over this new development with uh, one Twitter post saying, in two days, an EU regulation will go into effect that allows for house crickets to be added to flour, bread, pasta, etc. as an authorized novel food for the general population. Okay, so do you guys remember when we said They want you to eat the bugs, live in the pod, you'll own nothing and you like it. And they all came back and said, that's not true. You're being dramatic. Nobody said that. They want you to eat the bugs, but they want you to do it without you knowing about it. The problem is house crickets may not actually be safe for human consumption because they contain dangerous diseases and parasites such as E. coli and salmonella. Chitin is found in cricket powder and it is a polysaccharide found in the exoskeletons of insects. It's not easily digestible by the human gut and can lead to various health issues such as cancer, parasites, fungi, allergies, and other illnesses. 
It is toxic to humans and causes inflammation and immune responses in the body. Now, I have seen some reports that it would take an absolutely insane amount of chitin to have some of these issues, but I don't have that report in front of me, so I apologize. Um, A study on rats found that prolonged consumption of chitosan, which is a derivative of chitin, resulted in the depletion of essential vitamins and nutritional deficiencies. Additionally, the thymus weight of 9% of male and female rats in the study was significantly reduced compared to control groups, indicating potential organ damage. These findings suggest that consuming a diet high in chitin may cause gradual organ death. It's important to know whether the food you're eating contains bugs. Eating food with insects can pose health risks, as well as ethical and environmental concerns. I hope that freedom gardens are on your spring to-do list, along with buying chickens and maybe becoming as independent from processed foods as you possibly can at this point. If you think for one single millisecond that our FDA is not already um, probably reviewing this and won't take the opportunity to bring this policy here to the United States, I don't even know what to tell you anymore. Amazon is expanding its push into healthcare with a $5 monthly unlimited delivery pass on 60 common generic prescription drugs, treating allergies, inflammation, high blood pressure, and other conditions. Amazon announced the new delivery service RX Pass on Tuesday, and it will launch immediately in most states except for California, Texas, Minnesota, and others, with specific prescription delivery requirements. Customers who are enrolled in Medicare and Medicaid or any other government healthcare program will not be able to sign up for the benefit. The program is likely to save customers money on low-cost generic drugs, but won't impact prices for more expensive brand-name drugs, which drive the bulk of U.S. prescription drug spending. Um, They also expect Amazon to lose money on the service, but see other benefits. The $5 a month delivery pass is an add-on to Amazon Prime and their annual program. It's available exclusively to Prime subscribers regardless of their insurance status. Amazon has long offered a Prime prescription savings benefit to get discounts on generic and brand name medications. The company said its new generic delivery program targets customers who take multiple prescriptions to manage chronic conditions and pay out-of-pocket costs for their medications. This is probably a stupid question. But I wonder how they're going to regulate. I, I I guess I just need to look and see how it works because I'm thinking about like the actual prescription phase. Like, what if somebody just wants to get some generic, you know, amoxicillin or penicillin or stock up on some of those hard to get drugs? Because um, I'm maybe asking for a friend like me. I'm asking for me at this point. Um, (laughs) some of the generic drugs included in the program are bupropion, cephalexin, doxycycline, estradiol, and sertaline, which are all antidepressants, or many of them are. Um, although generic drugs represent around 86% of U.S. prescriptions in 2022 by volume, 
They made up just 20% of prescription drug spending. That's because under these patents and these brand name drugs, they're outrageously expensive. We have a medication that one of our clients takes that's over $6,000 a drop, and she gets it twice a month. It's $12,000 a month for two prescriptions. It's absolutely insane. Um, the set of generics on Amazon's new program present thir- represent 32% of generic drugs in 2021 and is likely a lost leader for Amazon. She called it an incremental pharmacy experiment for the company. Amazon has focused its efforts on generics because it's harder to compete with health insurers and other companies on branded and specialty drugs. Sean Nicholson, who's the director of the Sloan Program in Health Administration at Cornell, believes that Amazon is introducing the generics program to boost Prime membership subscriptions, compel customers to switch to Amazon for higher margin branded drugs, and get them to spend more on other products when they use the program. Amazon's new plan will mean consumers may see lower costs for some generic drugs, but it's not going to do much, if anything, to push down spending on drugs that don't face generic competition. RxPass is Amazon's latest move to draw more healthcare spending from customers. The company bought online pharmacy PillPack in 2018, launched its own Amazon Pharmacy in 2020, and last year launched a virtual healthcare clinic. The company last year also agreed to buy One Medical, which is a primary care provider for $3.9 billion. The deal is awaiting regulatory approval. It's crazy to imagine that Amazon has gotten to the point where now it's it's worked its way into to medical. It, it's wild. Uh, forgive me while I laugh about the prospect of Medicare for All after having read this article. The Federal Employees Health Benefits Program Maybe spending almost $1 billion a year on payments for ineligible members, according to a U.S. Government Accountability Office report. The report has some federal lawmakers calling for more information and changes to prevent fraud and waste. This is a flagrant waste of funds and may be driving up premium costs for eligible participants, you think? House Committee on Oversight and Accountability Chairman James Comer wrote in a letter to the Office of Personnel Management. About 8 million federal employees and their families get health insurance benefits through the Federal Employees Health Benefits Program. In 2021, the Office of Personnel Management began requiring some new program enrollees to verify that their family members were eligible. However, the OPM does not have a process to identify and remove ineligible family members who have already been enrolled. The report recommended the Office of Personnel Management take steps to remove ineligible family members and assess fraud risks associated with ineligible program members. It highlighted some cases, for example, a federal employee fraudulently covered two people said to be his wife and stepchild in the FEHB program. Both were ineligible, but remained on the health insurance for, wait for it, 12 years. The program paid claims worth more than $100,000 on behalf of two 
ineligible people. The FEHB, which is the largest employer-sponsored healthcare program in the country, provides health insurance benefits to more than 8 million federal employees, family members, and others. The program costs about $59 billion in fiscal year 2021. Until 2021, employing offices were not required to review eligibility documentation to verify family member eligibility, according to the GAO report. This left the program vulnerable to fraud and improper payments associated with ineligible members. Comer called on the U.S. Office of Personnel Management to provide documents and communications and a briefing on the matter. GAO's report suggests OPM has been aware of this problem for years, but has consistently failed to address it effectively. To this day, according to GAO, OPM does not have a plan to establish a monitoring mechanism to identify and remove ineligible family members who already have FEHB coverage. Making matters worse, GAO determined OPM's annual fraud risk assessment of the FEHB program fails to cover fraud risks associated with ineligible members in the program, Comer said in a statement. Flagrant, huh? We know these problems exist. We know they're outrageously expensive, but we're not going to do anything about it. When we talk about an unelected bureaucracy and eliminating their jobs, people like this are exactly who I'm talking about. Biden renewed his call for an assault weapons ban yesterday. Even as we await further details on these shootings, we know the scourge, 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 I don't know, of gun, I don't even know how to say that word the way that they spelled it, of gun violence across America requires stronger action. I once again urge both chambers of Congress to act quickly and deliver this assault weapons ban to my desk and take action to keep American communities, schools, workplaces, and homes safe. He noted that Dianne Feinstein and other Democrats introduced a federal assault weapons ban on Monday as well as legislation to raise the minimum age to purchase an assault weapon to 21 years old. Let me ask you a question. What is an assault weapon? Can you tell me? If I beat the crap out of you with a baseball bat, is that an assault weapon or is it just assault with a baseball bat? Perhaps we should talk about the fact that the latest mass shooting took place in Monterey Park, California. California has some of the strictest gun laws in the entire country and has forever. And yet, it happened there. Perhaps we should come to terms with the fact that people willing to commit a crime as abhorrent and evil as murder aren't phased by something so trivial as gun control. Murder is already illegal, and they still do it. The only people you are harming are the people that have the right to defend themselves against evil criminals. Biden has consistently called for an assault weapons ban throughout his time in office, He, along with Feinstein, were in the Senate in 1994 when the upper chamber passed an assault weapons ban that prohibited such sales for 10 years. Congress has not been able to pass another ban or similar bill since that expired in 2004, and thank goodness for that. Although an assault weapons ban does not have the votes in Congress, especially with the GOP-controlled House, 
Biden has continued to advocate for one. He signed a bipartisan gun safety bill into law last summer, which strengthened background checks for gun buyers between the ages of 18 and 21 and clarifies the definition of a federally licensed firearm dealer, among other provisions. If I have a plant whose leaves keep wilting and dying and all I do is cut off the leaves, I end up with an ugly, dying and decaying stalk. If I had treated the roots and the soil, the plant would have flourished. Society is the same. If you just continue chipping away, all that's left are the bad parts. Get to the root of the problem and stop punishing the rest of society. Shall not be infringed was not a suggestion. That is your Wednesday edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. We do have uh, Liberty Library this evening on Twitter Spaces at 1015 Eastern Standard Time. We are reading the next three chapters of uh, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. I invite you and welcome you to join us for that discussion. If not, I will see you tomorrow. Um, We are choosing the book for our next go-round, so... Um, Just keep a lookout for that. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Shouse34. Otherwise, you guys take care and have a wonderful day. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out ShouseInTheHouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.